You're listening to a Rare Drop podcast. Check us out at raredrop.co. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Rakari Austin, and I'm one of the hosts of GCX 2022. Now, we want you to join us at Rosen Shingle Creek in Orlando, Florida, as we come together for another unforgettable GCX. Tickets are going fast, and look, we want to see you, so visit gcxevent.com slash tickets to book now. coffee is freshly roasted and ethically sourced it's music to your ears shake up the way you wake up at kingscoastcoffee.com welcome to episode 32 of the old fashion podcast i'm back this week with clintus and mike did you have fun without me last week i think we did oh yeah yeah i was actually he he mike asked like how the dynamic was with verse three versus two and i and i basically said you know youtube been doing this a long time and you have history right so for you two it's just like i mean you guys talk all week long anyway right yep so it's like just finding my groove of be, not being a third wheel, right? Like it's the triangle effect. And so when one of you guys aren't here, cause you know, it was you and I first, Mike wasn't here. Yep. And then the next week it was Mike and I. So I don't know, I feel like we've got, we've done it now a couple of enough times now that I've found my groove. And so whether it's the two or three, I think it's good. Cool. I'm glad you had fun without me. I, I didn't listen to the full episode. I listened like the first half hour, but um, I, I love the snippet about meeting the wives. Actually on that note, uh, Dream Kevin cheated on my wife again last night. So I came home from the gym. Damn you, Dream Kevin. Mike, you've been in my house. So you, Danielle does her makeup in the closet. So I'm walking <laughs> yeah, yeah. in my bathroom, you know, the straightaway to the closet. Yep. I'm walking in my bathroom and she just pokes her head out like to the door and just squints her eyes and stares dagger at me. And I'm like, what? And she's just looking at me. I'm like, oh, my God. Did Dream Kevin cheat on you again? She goes with my sister and my best friend. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Dream so all morning, devious. all morning, I've been paying penance for something I didn't do. So, damn, she, you, she didn't give Dream Kevin enough Claritin. Yeah, seriously, that, <laughs> that's. I'm gonna, I'm gonna text her that right now. I'm gonna say, Clint has said you should give Dream Kevin more Claritin. Let's see where this is. Uh, I'm just looking out. at the window of my hopefully future, my marriage in the next like ten years. So, you know, mm. as long as it's this good natured fun, I'll be okay, right? <laughs> Yeah, your head yeah. I mean, you're, she, you're your realized. wife is going to be delirious, Paul, because she's not going to get any sleep for probably well over a year, uh, which means she's going to be more irritable, which means that you're going to get blamed for more stuff that you probably <laughs> didn't do. And you just have to nod and say, of course. Yeah, no, I'll take care of that. Absolutely. So, so the pregnancy, true. I didn't do it, but I get blamed for it. it happens well throughout the whole first like two years, even though she's not pregnant anymore. Welcome to life. Paul. You, <laughs> Paul. Let me give you a clue. Don't ever say I didn't do it in reference to your wife's pregnancy. Uh, you will get I never have, probably and I never physically will. assaulted because you definitely that is a played tip. a part. That is a hot you played tip. the fun part, and she's got to do all the work. So don't ever repeat that to her. <laughs> got it? Learned it. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'll salute yeah. that one. <laughs> I'm like his marriage mentor on things not to say to his wife. Um, 
but yeah, so uh, uh, I'm glad you you all had fun without me. Real quick, getting the house cleaning out of the way. Kings Coast Coffee, they announced on fit social media today that the next cold brew drop is coming very, very soon. And I will say this, that Tim is very excited about the next cold brew drop. All right? Ooh. There you go. Tim's very excited about the next cold brew drop. Mm. Uh, Valley High sold out, and obviously we're waiting for the next cold brew. So head over to kingscoastcoffee.com. Make sure you're part of the Kings Club. Make sure you sign up for the mailing list because that's how you find out about all these products. Like Valley High, the Kings Club got it first, um, and then it was gone shortly thereafter. Um, so make sure you sign up and get involved over there. GCX is less than a month away. GCXevent.com. Tons of panels. No live old-fashioned. Uh, but if you do want to see, all of us will be there. Clintus will be around hanging out. Mike will be there working with me. And, uh, you know, we'll be uh, uh, hanging out. And who knows? Who knows? Maybe, I don't know, we'll get a drink and record an episode on somebody's phone for five minutes. We'll see what happens. <laughs> you just got to tell me. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah. Be like, Paul, get down here. We're at the bar and we're recording up. Actually, Mike, we should It'll do really what we fun. did in 2019. In my room, the... remember? In the piano room? Yeah, because, well, no, I didn't, did I have it? I don't know. Ben had the piano. Ben no. had the piano room. When you first got there, you, mm -hmm. Pete, me, Wayne, and my father-in-law were just drinking. Oh, and yes. Telling story. That picture's that... framed in my house. Yes. Aww. Yeah. Yeah, it's so cute, right? Clint? That was a great, dude. That was a We hadn't seen each other in a time. year, so. Yeah, it was a fun time. But Wayne's not coming this year because he, uh, end quote, I will never come back to Florida again, uh, end quote, according to Wayne. He's so, definitely not coming? It? Is it because the lightning? He's a big guy. Is it because so the, the lightning weather... beat them? The no, it's because okay. the weather and all that stuff. <laughs> Listen, blah, blah, I figured blah, blah. he'd be that petty, so you know, just <laughs> he could be. Who knows? Um, but gcxevent.com uh, slash tickets. Uh, After dark tickets are also out. Uh, we got a great comedy show lined up for you. Some great comedians, uh, including Ryan E. Miller, who uh, was on America's Got Talent, and he's a Destiny player. Plays with Jay Sniperton. So I hope he lights the Destiny community on fire in a very comedic and funny way. Uh, had to say that. Um, also, by the way, speaking of Destiny, because it has nothing to do with it, but it does because people made it has something to do with it. Division came out with an update today. Hold on. Time out. How, uh, how are the Destiny people slamming the Division now? No, I'm just saying because they always used to compare the two games. Oh, yeah, yeah, Division yeah, is more yeah, like yeah. Diablo than it is like Destiny. Yeah, but you know, people don't have the cognitive thought to really go through the process of understanding that they're two completely different games. That the only I... similarity they have is loot. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> Destiny's the first it. and only game to come out with a loot system. That's it. It's, am you know, it's amazing. Borderlands was definitely not there before. Uh, every MMO. Uh... <laughs> Do you remember the guy? There was there was a there was a, a Twitter guy destiny uh destiny boy oh shit what game was there's it? a lot of those mike i yo i know but it was when i think it was oh what was that shit bioware game that released oh anthem anthem, anthem. anthem. yes you and i were talking about anthem when it was the early stages on twitter like early yeah. and we were getting excited about it before we even knew really what it was and some Destiny boy comes in and goes, fuck, you guys are just fanboys. Oh. Like, how, how are we fanboying something we know nothing about? You yeah. immediately said it's a ripoff of Destiny, and you know nothing about it. You don't know if it's first person or third person. Thankfully, it turned out to be third person. This guy had to eat his own words, which was awesome. But yeah. yeah that, <laughs> that game felt like Division, but you could fly. That was that was, that was awesome. so good. I love it. I am. Um, I had fun with Anthem. I love the Division. I love the Division. 
Division's great. It's just it's hard to get back into and it's hard to pick up uh, random intervals because it's a min-max game. So you, every time you pick up the game, essentially you're starting from scratch. That's yeah, uh, true. Based on the meta. So it, it, it is what it is. But, uh, you know, I'd, maybe I'll pop in and play some of the missions and see how I feel again. But uh, I've actually been playing no build Fortnite <laughs> at home. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's fun with no building. It's, it's a great couch it's a game. clean shooter. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's fun. I reinstalled um, it because I told everybody if, if they came out with no build, I would I would play it again. And so like I installed it. I even surprised people on the stream one time. I just pulled it up on my on my screen. They're like, holy crap. I'm like, don't get your don't get too excited. I'm not I'm not excited to play it. I just like, it'll happen eventually. Is no build permanent is that a permanent fixture now? Yeah. Um yeah, I think because you can you can switch between the modes and there's like way too many people that are so amped on no build so i have a feeling it'll always be an option from here yeah on my out. understanding is a lot of people left that game when the build spam just became unreal like i mean yeah that became the you, meta of the game you'd you'd engage in a in a fight and in a two second period somebody was putting up a hotel complex like yeah. uh, an apartment complex is going up in front of you and you know what what yeah yeah, that was basically like, you know, the, the spinning, like literally just building a tower, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, you're trying to shoot somebody and they're just throwing walls up, you know, like, mm -hmm. like, like a Marvel of Marvel of battle where they're just like, ding, 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 ding. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, it, that, that, that's what it came into. And so it, it, it turned into a, you know, basically like, what's the, th this is what the game is now. So either you like it or you don't. And yeah. that's when it split. Either people kept playing that and played that version or they moved on. I can respect the innovation when it when Fortnite came out with the building mm -hmm. it got majorly abused and it felt like it wasn't even what the genre was about anymore so it's cool to see them move in this direction definitely I like options players. yeah like, exactly make options, options are, for people options are great yeah that's it like i think they're doing it right they're like here you don't like building we made a whole mode where you don't have to build enjoy the, i smart and I'm not really? like the biggest Fortnite fan. I enjoyed Apex, believe it or not. I, I really enjoyed Apex Legends. I heard um, everyone's shitting on the new update. I haven't played it in a while. It's been several seasons I haven't played it. But I enjoyed it when I played it. So I'm curious with Fortnite no build how uh, if I would like that or not. Give it a whirl. So it's free. The, the, the fun thing is, this all started with the MMOs, right? A few weeks ago, mm -hmm. installing those and playing those. I've been on this variety kick where I've literally been installing games and just trying stuff out, going back to old games. Uh, so Tuesday was my five-year Twitch partner anniversary, right? So we went back and watched like old highlights from, you know, I even went back to like YouTube to pull videos from like the very first, the, the recorded stream that I have on my channel of streaming on Twitch was actually uh, 2007. I played Destiny with my wow. son. We, we did we did uh, Prison of Elders, and I streamed it from a PlayStation. And still, the the VOD is on my uh, or the highlights on YouTube. So we watched that and everything. But anyway, watching all the highlights and clips, I played a crap ton of PUBG when it first came out. That whole that first summer yeah. it came out, I, I beta tested it, and so watching all those clips and all those highlights, I was like, man, I wonder what, what PUBG feels like these days. So I went and reinstalled PUBG. And I've played that the last couple of days. I really like it. Like, I forgot how much it's way slower. It's, it, I mean, the mid game's slow. The battles are a lot slower. The TTK feels like it's much higher than, than like, uh, like even Call of Duty. Cause I played Warzone yesterday just for the new event, just to play Warzone and then go play PUBG and kind of get a feel for it. Mm -hmm. I mean, Warzone is Call of Duty. It's fast, it's twitchy. You're sliding, you're jumping, you're, you know, tactical running. Um, but you've got like all these armor plates and so it feels like it takes a while to kill somebody, right? Kind of like Apex where it's like you got the shields and stuff and so it takes a while to kill somebody. 
PUBG, it's like tap tap and you're dead. And you're like, oh shit. Feels more like Tarkov. It's like the Tarkov BR. I and, and so because, since I play Tarkov so much and that's like my main game, I really, really am enjoying PUBG again. And so they've they've completely changed it. It's it's like every other BR now. There's a battle pass and there's boxes and skins and um like dailies and weekly quests to do to unlock cosmetics and stuff like that. So it's they've flushed it out. Uh, there's five maps and there's different game modes. There's a casual mode where you play against bots and then there's an arcade mode and then there's the regular mode. And I'm really enjoying PUBG again. It's weird. I mean, that that's cool in my opinion, going back and playing a game and seeing how they change it and enjoying it. I was watching you yesterday, I think, playing PUBG for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I watched, I think it was Monday, you played Icarus or something. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I was, I was watching you play PUBG and you were genuinely enjoying yourself. I know Tim had told me when him and Lupo went back, I think it was a few years ago at this point to play PUBG. They were <laughs> they were constantly comparing it to like COD and all that stuff. And they were like, eh, it's not the same. So uh, uh, they had get, Tim's playing Blood Hunt right now, the Vampire Masquerade. Vampire one, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's obsessed. He will not shut up about how great it is. Even at the gym this morning, he was like, I was like, what are you playing today uh, before you uh, go to Disney? And he was like, oh, I'm probably going to play uh, Masquerade again. I was like, you're obsessed. He goes, I can't get enough. He's like, wow. I really do enjoy uh, uh, solo and playing with myself. I was like, oh, do you, Tim? You do enjoy <laughs> playing with yourself. That's good. I'm glad. Um, yeah, I mean, people have been saying I need to try that out. Like, I I almost actually downloaded it uh, the other day. But, I, like, again, it's a kind of like a, like a queue system. Like, I'm going to try this one, then I'm going to try this one. Yeah. It's, it's, it's in the queue. What is it, there's Steam? A, uh, yeah, it's on Steam. Yeah. Uh, early. It's, I think it's a free, free. It's free to play. Really? But uh, another game that I just got into so two new two new games one's in alpha one's in beta uh marauders is a space tarkov and it is like they're trying to be like they're copying like everything from tarkov so it's so it's tarkov but not as good at tarkov it's like tarkov from like seven years ago after before all the updates and shit it's janky it's cool you start off in a spaceship and you literally have to fly into like a base to to uh, to, like attack and everyone else is doing the same thing. So imagine like a BR where everyone start, starts, everyone has to run into the circle in the middle, like Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. It's like Hunger Games style. You can blow each other's ships up too before they even get there. Like, so you just sit back and just start shooting them with your ship, get in, turns into first person mode. It's weird though, because it's, it's 1992. That's the year this game takes place. We are using old World War II submarines and, and boats as spacecraft. And then you get into the game and it's all World War II weapons and, and, and stuff. It's all World War II stuff. So the World War II like decimated the, the planet and like we've just kind of salvaged and survived over the last, you know, a couple, you know, decades. And so it's in the 90s, like it says 80s and then 90s. And that's what the game you're playing. And so um, it's very janky, like it, it's very alpha. I see potential, but like, again, for coming from someone who plays Tarkov and, and loves Tarkov, there's no reason for me to play this. This is a game for people who like Tarkov's too punishing for them. This would be a good like lighter version, but the mechanics are identical. Stash, secure containers, mods, crafting, all that stuff. Did you ever play um, um Vigor or Viger Clintus? I didn't because it's it's console. Um I Oh, is it console. console only? Is that it's free to play on PlayStation. Yep. It's free to play. It's, it's, so that's the closest console version of like a Tarkov esque game. Interesting. Because yep. uh Tim had told me, like, he was like, if you want like Tarkov Light. Yeah, play this because because I had gotten a code from Mixer like that long ago, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I have it downloaded. I just haven't touched it because I'm I'm still playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla, um, nice. but uh, uh, which I've made significant progress in the past few weeks because I've just 
every night I sit down, I'm like, okay, bang out an hour, just chop some heads off and make some progress. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, because uh, maybe I'll give that a whirl. Tar- the problem I have with Tarkov is this. I love the game. I think it's fantastic. The systems are great. It feels good. It's a little janky at times, but nothing that's alarming. Mm-hmm. The problem is if you don't invest into the game literally every day, you have problems with with the game itself. So like you can't advance as quickly as other people, and then people get stacked, and then the second you load in, you're going to get shot in the face by someone who's got better guns, better gear, better everything. So you know, once you're halfway through a season or something, it seems like the balance kind of tips away from you. And that's what I don't like about Tarkov um, is that I don't have the time to invest in it because I'm not a hardcore person. Um, so that would be my thing. It's interesting though, because like, like right now we're in the middle of a white, we're in the middle of a, a season, if you want to call it that. Like the wipes coming some probably like June or July, everyone yep. starts back to zero. Uh, and so there's this, Hold on. there's this uh, dichotomy doing a wait later. We're good. Okay. So there's this like dichotomy where like the the super giga chads are like they're like they're just PvPing, right? They've got stacks of cash, they've got all the gear, best bullets, they're just you know running around PvPing at this point. But like half of them have moved they go play other games. Now that they've kind of maxed yeah. everything out, unlocked everything, they move on to other games. And then you've got like the the little Timmies who are still trying to like quest and level up and, and learn the game and the mechanics. And every raid you load into, you never know what you're gonna get dealt with, right? There could be some right. chads, there could be some Timmies. So there's still like, even to this day, like I'll run into like level fives and like people are still just getting into the game and just playing. So it's, it is a, a roll of the dice. You never know what you're going to run into. You could be solo and run into a five stack. You could be five deep and run into nothing but singles and, and you're fighting for kills. Um, so yeah, it, there is a, definitely a, a weird uh, spot there. But I, one last thing I just wanted to say, another game and, and to, to transition this and, and go to talk about what you're talking about. I've never played Rust. I've never played Rust before. Me neither. I played Daisy. When I asked people about Daisy or Rust, I was like, which one do you think I'd like more? And I was like, I think you'll like Daisy better. So I played Daisy. Um, but there's a new game called Distera, and it is a sci fi first person shooter survival game. And you pick a server, you load a character, you can either play a PVE server or PVP server. And there is PVE as well. So it's PVP, PVE. And it is amazing. I absolutely love it. it to me, it is damn near the perfect game for me like it has everything that i want in a video game it's a sci-fi backdrop uh there is there's the like if you die all your loot hits the ground like tarkov so you have to go back to your body to pick it up it's a perpetual world though so like when you log out your character just hits the floor and goes to sleep and someone can walk up to you and gank you and kill you and take all your shit so you have to like build a base with defenses and like and your character like the server is perpetual right kind of like an mmo but your character doesn't disappear it stays in the game the cool thing is, is that the planet is destroying itself. It's Earth. We've been terraforming and t- pulling this like terasite stuff out. That's like this asteroid metal. The planet is on a ticking time bomb. You have to do all, and, and I don't know how what happens at the end. I don't know what happens, but if you don't leave the planet, your character dies. You just start from scratch, which I just found out because I haven't played in about a week. I logged back in and I, and I started from scratch. I'm like, that's weird. I'm on this server. Oh, the planet destroyed itself. So I had to start from scratch. When I log back in, the planet's different. Things are slightly different than the, than the last time you played. So the map kind of changes every time it blows up. So it's a world that's alive. when It's gathering, crafting, building. You have skill points with your character, so you XP level up. There's um, missions and quests. 
um it's awesome i i really 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 enjoyed it it's still hmm. beta like the gun gun fights aren't like super crisp and, and clean like it's it feels like a you know a PUBG you know tarkov kind of like gunfights. um but the the i i love what they're trying to build in this and now i'm kind of curious is this what rust is but like in a modern setting like i'm kind of curious maybe to go install rust and play that man I rust would, feels like a world a, yeah rust feels <clears throat> like a mountain to me i don't know why well i, I mean, I mean that, like again i going from day z like day z is like so literal like down to the point of like when you kill a chicken and you skin the chicken make sure you wash your hands before you eat because you'll get salmonella poisoning you find a bottle of water make sure you dump it out and put fresh water in you lost blood you have to find a blood bag and a needle to pull blood out to save it for later uh if you cooked your meat and you put it in your bag be careful you get too hot you'll overheat because you put too much hot meat in your in your jacket like Daisy is like like fine tooth like you know mixing boards and so i don't know if Daisy is that granular either but Daisy is more on the building side where you're like i mean you could build bases in Daisy, but you don't have to like you could just keep running around living just fine with no bases rust is like you have to build a base and have defenses and keep up your power and energy and water and all yeah, that that so. sounds more fun people enjoy Daisy. oh yeah sounds yeah like, sounds like real life oh my yeah. god <laughs> just why that's I play just video games to get like, away from like that. A, arduous like oh isn't daisy mostly like modded at this point too like yes. that's the allure of it yeah yeah i mean rust can be too but not to the same extent yeah i just hear bad like i hear about the community in rust like but yeah. i always say that with a grain of salt because i feel like every competitive community has toxicity you know like even the big esports ones it's like but i, yeah, I i've just like, heard that's... stories where you have to get into a creator server where it's all creators because otherwise if you're just in a public server people just say the most heinous shit and you're like yeah like a call. Sounds like GTA lobby. RP almost, but like we're GTA RP, yeah. Well, people yeah. do Daisy and Rust RP. I've seen a bunch of streams with that, so that definitely yeah. is a thing. Um, Polygon put out an article for the 14 most exciting games of the summer. Keep in mind it's Polygon, so we'll take it with a grain of salt. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but I wanted to run through the games real quick and see what you all thought. So the first one is a game I've never heard of called Gloomhaven. Gloomhaven: Jaws of the Lion. It, uh, it's a tactical RPG based on the board game of the same name. Hmm. Uh, and I've never heard of it. Never. Yeah. So I don't know. Good job, Polygon. Strike one. Cool. If you're into that. <laughs> the second one is the actual full game for Vampires, uh, the Masquerade Swan Song. Um, so the, it had been delayed because of COVID. Uh, they released the BR. Um, it's a smaller and- studio, right? Doing that? Um, I forget the name of the studio. Big Bad Wolf. Bad Wolf. Big Bad Wolf. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they had Bloodlines 2, which was pushed back indefinitely. Um, so this is a continuation. I guess it's a different story. This one's in Boston, which is cool. I've just went to Boston twice. Um, I would probably give this I've never played the vampire games. I watched Co play one of them and I was like, I would I'm down for this. Single player RPGs are my jam. So right. Um, yeah, I there's a good chance I'll give this a whirl. Um, Sniper Elite 5. I love the Sniper Elite games. <laughs> it's, mm. it's this weird dichotomy of soothing and deadly. I don't know. Like, I, It's just cool. And the way that the animations, when the bullets hit people and they show the body and the, how it enters. I don't know. It's cool. I like the Sniper Elite games. They're fun. Um, so I would just say it's an update based on the Sniper Elite franchise. And if you're into that, you're into that. 
Diablo Immortal releases this summer. Michael. Dude, I've <laughs> I've already I don't know how many videos I've watched. Full transparency, I've uh the Asmund Gold one I of course I had to watch. There's but the breakdown of how it's already pay to win, I'm, I'm, I'm. With that being said, in all fairness, okay, in all fairness, Diablo is very min maxi. We all know. Mm-hmm. I love playing seasons, but I don't go out of my way to get every freaking piece of gear ancient. You know, so the ultimate min max is not something I do. I do min-max to a build, and that's about it. So, I, when it says pay to win, are we talking about the 1% that actually truly min-max to, you know what I mean, all the way? In which case, I'm not that person. So, in all reality, it doesn't affect me. If it affects you, to, I'm sorry. but I, I, I've I, come to grips with the fact that I don't need to be the best in a game anymore and I need to stop trying because that's what frustrates me. Like the fact that I can't raid and wow, like at the pace that everyone else is and all that stuff. It's just life has surpassed that point where I'm able to do that. So right. instead of getting upset at a game I might enjoy, maybe just do what you can and enjoy right. your time in and it. So and that's the end of it. Is it is it pay to win? I'm sure if you go all the way out that far, yeah, yeah, and that would and that would suck, and that does suck for those players. But I don't know how much it, how much does the pay to win impact? You know, we'll call it the middle class player, right? Like the in between who do put in the work, but they don't put in the astronomical amount of hours. Like if it impacts the middle guy, yeah, I could see that being frustrating and irritating, and I wouldn't probably wouldn't even engage with it. But uh, I, it's what I expected. It's it's what everyone expected. It it it's a mobile game. Yeah, that's what it is. That's it's why a mobile just, game. I mean, can you explain the seasons? You mentioned seasons, and I and, and someone else mentioned that as well. How how does the seasons work in Diablo? So there's different modifiers. Uh, each season he'll have different modifiers as well as gear set rewards. And there's what is it four? Uh, call them acts, but there's four journey progressions that you go through. Is it four? Or is it more? I believe it's four. I I think it's four. And as you progress, there's a series of, we'll call them quests or tasks that you have to complete. And as you complete the tasks, you, you complete that act or that journey and you'll get a reward for that page. And usually the fourth one is a full gear set for that season. Um, and during the season, there's modifiers, like maybe there's increased treasure trolls or, you know, Elite enemy packs have a certain modifier, or and and so it's just a constant leveling season. I think Diablo did a great job reinventing itself, Diablo three in that sense, and it really added longevity. I think they're stretching it at this point. It's kind of what season are we in? Twenty three or twenty four? It's, it's mid twenties, yeah. Like, is your character making, reset or your or yes. like your levels and stuff? They'll add your character to the pool of characters that are not in the uh, oh uh, let me rephrase if you play hardcore and you survive the season they'll move your character to the regular pool uh are you familiar with hardcore clintus no no i've never played diablo you can't die in hardcore if you die you lose everything in your character okay um which in diablo can be incredibly difficult depending on sure especially if you have like a lag spike yeah so um (laughs) 
So uh, if you play hardcore, they'll move your character to the regular pool. So essentially, you're trying to get all of these rewards that you can in the season. And then once the season's over, your character gets moved to the regular pool of characters and you can start a new one the next season. How often is that? Uh, like every six months, Mike. Yeah, something like that. Every every so many weeks, they come out with a new one. Um, and do you get to keep anything from the previous season? Yes. So it, it, you, get, you get to keep everything you everything. get. Everything yeah. you get, you keep. It sends it to your stash. And some of it only... Resets. Some of it only... No, it doesn't reset. You keep it. You keep your level. You keep everything. Um, some of the gear that you get is only available in the season. Some of it does get added to the general loot pool after the season. Hmm. Okay. I'm just trying to... Because someone made a comparison to Tarkov's wipe system to seasons in Diablo. Mm -hmm. And so I was trying no, to... Like, you keep your character. It just gets added to the non-seasonal pool. Correct. Afterwards. And then, um, but in all fairness, though, when you start the next season, you can reuse the same character. But yeah, it wipes okay. it clean. You're 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 level zero. You don't get to just like equip all of that right. awesome gear. It's not like new game before. plus. Okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah, yeah. Because that's that's the like, that's the number one complaint about Tarkov is that every six months, seven months, they wipe everyone's accounts and everyone starts back to zero, and you have to start all over again. And I say how like I look forward to that because like they make changes to the game, they add new content, they move loot, they add new new gear. So it's like a semi-fresh you know fresh start in a game that you're already familiar with and so you build it up faster you get you get all the stuff knocked out faster you already know what you're doing you know the hot spots you know where to go but then it's like oh that's new oh that's different and so i was just curious because someone compared to the seasons that's when you said that i was like oh wait i asked that question to you so these seasons are very on the rails right you there's a very systematic way to progress there's a there's a efficient way and that's the other thing. So a lot of this isn't so much about, um, I guess you want to say the experience. It's more about, it's more of like a world's first race almost. Not quite on that scale, but the idea is who can reach this point fastest, who can progress the furthest, because there's a there's a, an activity called uh, rifts and greater rifts. So how far in those greater rifts, and each greater rift has a level to it, right? How far okay. in the greater rifts can you push? Is can this build push, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s, whatever. So the object the object is to run through the story or or be as efficient as possible in leveling, get to your levels, get gear, and start um, grinding greater rifts and to see how far you can push it. And there's a ladder, and it's you know, it, it that's that's the competition that you see. So that's why the reset is like a, a leaderboard reset. Yeah. Which is yeah, what's yeah, so yeah. appealing about it. Yep, I get that. I, I like progression. I like seeing my character level up and, you know, hit level whatever. And then you do that thing 5% more, you know, better. Mm. Like I, I enjoy those in games and that's on, you know, some games don't have that. And it's, I feel like that's one of the appealing, it lacks the appeal to me. Um, you know, I, I, I dabbled with no man's sky again this last week in my variety, you know, little shindig that I was doing. And I love the way no man's sky looks. I love the sounds. Mm. I love the, the whole vibe of no man's sky. But there's no player progression. There's no skills. There's no the only quote unquote progression is with the factions. So like picking up missions and doing missions with them to like level right. them up. But I don't even know how much that affects like the missions and rewards you get later. Have you ever and played Diablo? Like, I never played Diablo. Never played any of them. It's actually a game, uh, it's a good playthrough. Yeah, add it, aesthetic, add it to your you know. queue, man. Yeah. Well, yeah, I should. I definitely should. Um, and when I go down that down that road, and I'll you can co-op or single player too. So yep. And I believe Diablo two didn't they just didn't they just come out with the same with the seasonal reset thing. The remaster, yeah, D two R. Yes. 
Yeah. yeah. So there you go. But you can do it for both. D2 is right a different on. animal altogether, though, than D3. D, I, I wouldn't recommend it. D3 is the way to go. And D2 is, is, is capitalizing on the same thing while Classic is, which is the folks that want to relive the past. I think that um, works. Not for I, new players. No, I, I totally agree with you. And I think them trying to turn D2R into, uh, into like a regular thing is not a good look. I, don't, I think that's a mistake. People bought D2R... Even, even Wayne stopped playing, and Wayne was their. That's their demo. That's their target market. That's their target audience, one thousand percent. And it, you buy it for the nostalgic trip, right? It's great. You have fun. It was just a, an amazing experience. I got to play it. It looks awesome. It brought all those memories back. It was cool, and I'm done with it. Thank you. I will come back and revisit it maybe in a year. Yep. And that's all it was for. And that's it, really they should have. Well, who knows what's going on with the development of Diablo 4, but they should have kind of lined, lined... That would have been crazy hype. Well, actually, now that I think about it, they probably did that to hype up Diablo Immortal, and that just fell apart on them. The way they yeah. lined up the releases. Yeah, I mean, like, Diablo Immortal was their big um, monetary push. Remember that BlizzCon where they got lit on what fire? What a backfire! Mm-hmm. Can yeah, we just... So. do Honestly... Honestly, people wouldn't have given a shit, and everyone said it. I don't, hey, I don't really read much gaming journalism because I just, I think on the whole it's trash. But if they just didn't announce it at BlizzCon, just, just, if you did not announce it at BlizzCon, it would not have gone the way it you went. You could have even announced it at BlizzCon, just don't make it the feature announcement for Diablo. <laughs> like, that was the problem. <laughs> <laughs> People I, wanted Diablo 4, not Diablo Mobile. Everyone's such got a, a bone, bad right? Take. I, I oh, think such that, a bad take. That was the problem, and that was what made it um, a meme. So negative was was the attitude that you know. Well, this is this is this is better than Diablo 4 because you can play it on your phone. And it was like, no, that's not what we want. <laughs> um, you know, EA made some huge announcement. I think it was yesterday about. Uh, or day before sometime this week they're like we're you know we're working with you know middle earth uh, games and blah 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 and you know we can't wait to bring this game to your phone and i'm like stop taking my favorite ips and putting them on mobile when you did nothing but trash the the uh lord of the rings ip with the games after you made the, those phenomenal few the two towers and return of the king games you remember those mm-hmm. those games were amazing and then they made that one turn-based RPG that I was like, all right, it's Middle Earth, so I, I hate turn-based RPGs, but I'll play it, and I enjoyed it because it was Middle Earth. And then they were supposed to come out with that White Council game that was an open-world RPG, and they canceled it. And now all I hear is like, oh, here's this Lord of the Rings mobile game, this Game of Thrones mobile game, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, stop, you have these vast worlds that already have lore fleshed out. It shouldn't be that hard to make an open-world RPG in Middle Earth or Westeros. It really should not be that hard. But apparently, it's very difficult. It's not. It writes itself. Right. You don't have to hire writers. You don't have to create a world. It's all done for you. Just write a compelling I'm, story. I mean, at, you, at this you say point, that, but Shadow of War uh, was, and, and then the sequel kind of made is everybody that EA? angry. No. Well, the yeah, but dude, the, the Nemesis system in that, how, how do you hate on the Nemesis system? Well, the lore was bad in, in those games. The games themselves are really good games. That's what I mean. The games were, gr- I think the game, games were pretty good. The lore was garbage. Like, they made Shelob turn into a woman at one point. It was just 
I don't know what they were thinking. And, you know, I'm shocked that Tolkien Estate let that out um, because they're usually super protective of the IP. Um, but who was it? It was Warner Brothers. But who? Who's? I don't think the Tolkien Estate had control over that, if I remember correctly. It's that that I'd have to look that up because the Tolkien Estate, up until Chris died, which was only like a year or two ago, had full full nay or yay or nay on everything. Um, Now it's being sold off for parts, as you can see. Um, uh, And hopefully, you know, I'm I am excited for the Amazon show. I am cautiously optimistic about the Amazon show. I know how Amazon. I think it could I be great. I just know it can be messed just, up, but yeah. I've never read Wheel of Time, but I enjoyed Wheel of Time. I really did. I mm. um, I thought it was a fun show, but the people that read the books said they rushed way too quickly to the point that they went to in season one. I don't mm. know the difference, so I just enjoyed it for what it was. Um, so I hope that the that with this show, there's something for the hardcore fans, and there's something for you know the folks that are. Maybe not so into the lore and not really, you know, understanding it. The com the the level of complexity in the era that they're bringing to life is deep, and there's a lot to follow, and there's like a bajillion characters. So I'm interested to see how they they do that because Game of Thrones started off doing it great, but then they got lazy towards the end, you know, and tried to just convene all the storylines uh, in in a, in a way that suited them, not us, which is which was the problem with the last season. The story. Technically, the story of the final season of Game of Thrones is not a bad idea. It's the way it was executed and presented to us and how we got to, um, you know, those series of events that I think all of us hated. So yeah. I'm just hoping they don't do that with Lord of the Rings. Like, take your time. You could have a 10-year-plus a franchise on your hands if you do it right. Easy. Yeah. Where's the time? So, What's the timeline for the show? It's like a second the- age. So it's, it's, the sim- it's like the part of the Cimmerillion, which is essentially the like Bible of Middle Earth, if you will. Also um, so like it, prequel. It's like a pre pre prequel. Yeah, it's thousands Got of it. years before oh, okay. what we what we've seen. Um they're extrapolating that. Then, a lot of sentences. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 I mean they have to because there's a lot of stuff they pull from that's unfinished work and notes. And you know, even Chris Tolkien, his son filled in a lot of it. So they're I mean, we'll see. We'll see. We'll know in September what what the deal is. Uh, you'll know very quickly which way that's going to go. Uh, I think by the end of the first episode. Also, Game of Thrones. Oh, I didn't even have that on my show notes. Game of Thrones announced uh, yes. August. So we'll talk about that in a second. It looked um, really bad for the that's releases awesome. for this this year uh, or the summer. Mario Strikers Battle League. Mike, we can play that with the boys. Yes, I'm excited Soccer, about right? that one. Yeah, it's a soccer one. I love Mario Strikers. Such fun games. Um, I've been playing tennis with Hunter. We've been having a good time. We actually moved Did you guys to get Jedi, Lego Star Wars? Jedi. Um, we've been moved. We've been playing Lego Star Wars. We're uh, yep. almost done with Empire. Um, the Quarry, Mike. The 2K uh-huh. game. The Summer Camp one. Did you not see the trailer for this? No. It's Until Dawn, but not again. Yeah, it's, it's Supermassive's <gasps> like, version of the Until Dawn storytelling. Really? Yep. Oh, hell like, yeah. So I'm excited. in. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I'm so in. We're... Yeah, look at the trailer, Mike. Wait, let's, what, let's go look at it. What is it? The Quarry. Like the rocks thing? Yeah, Q-U-A-R-R-Y. Uh, this one looks like something Paul would enjoy. AI, the Somnium Files, Nirvana Initiative. No clue. I don't have a clue, so it's probably not that important to me. 
the Capcom fighting collection looks fun. It's uh, characters from Darkstalkers, Night Warriors, Vampire Savior, Vampire Hunter 2, Vampire Savior 2, Red Earth, Cyberbot, Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo, Hyper Street Fighter 2, and Super Gem Fighter Mini Mix. Yeah, so it looks like chibi versions of all of the characters from those games, and I guess they'll like duke it out. Again, something I'm going to skip. Fire Emblem Warriors 3 Hopes. I know there's a ton of people excited about it. Not my cup of tea. Cuphead, mm. the last delicious course. I got my ass kicked in the first Cuphead game. I never beat it, but Ben and I are going to jump into this on, on one of the Rare Job streams and screw around with it. But nice. I got my ass handed to me trying to play Cuphead. That game is very hard. Um, and Clintus, I'd love your two cents. The DLC for Outriders. I've never played it. You Outriders never, is... you didn't dive into Outriders. Why no. not? No, I'm curious. I, I try to remember the time it came out. I think it was like super into Tarkov. I think it's when I, my, that was like my, cause like I played, I've been playing Tarkov off and on since 2017. In fact, I went yeah. back again, nostalgia, um, went back to old like videos and clips when I first started playing Tarkov, learning the mechanics. I think when this game came out, cause I was part of like the creator thing, they were sending me stuff. And like, um, I think I played an early access beta that I couldn't stream or something like that. So like, that was kind of a turnoff. I, like, I dabbled with it. It was like, okay, it's, it's a sci-fi division or, you know, supernatural division. It looks good. It looks like I would enjoy it. I just never got into it. And then I know this DLC is coming out and people have been talking like, hey, you should try Outriders. And so, Mike yeah, and I, 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 Mike and I played it together. It was fun. Like, and we yeah. even did cross platform. He was on PC. I was on Xbox. Like, it was fun. I think there it was had... nothing keeping me there. That was, yeah. that was my issue. And solo exactly. play was not good. It was it all had about potential, really. Yeah, it, it definitely had. I had it has potential. It didn't feel like there was enough like meat on the bones there yeah. for me really potential cool atmosphere i like the abilities i like i would like to see more diversity in weapons and things like that and maybe there is i i haven't gone back since launch really but it just didn't feel meaty enough for me there wasn't enough to dive in and really keep me there i like the builds and i can see it turning into something very good i don't really trust squeenix that much so their ability to keep a title around and and give it what it needs is lackluster. So I don't trust them to do the right thing by the title. So it's probably why I didn't invest a whole lot into it or because it didn't keep me at first. I don't foresee them making it better. Yeah, but uh, I hope they do. I hope they do. Yeah. I would come back. Yeah, I'd give it a whirl. If people are like, yeah. this game's incredible now. Yeah, if they said the update was insane. I, I would redownload. Yeah, I would, I would just campaign. find some people. I would find some people to play it with, Clintus, if you're going to dive and into it. And I do. It. I, I have some. I have some buddies that have been playing. In fact, they got one of our buddies into to play, to, to play it, hearing about the new update. So this is a, is this a standalone new game or is it a DLC to the existing one? This says DLC. It's a DLC. Okay. Yeah. It's technically okay. an improved version of the existing Outriders experience with an all new campaign, additional gear, fresh ways to customize and build your character, and more. But at the same time, it's still Outriders, is what it says in the description. Hmm. Got it. I don't know. I mean, I, uh, I, I would I mean, be. I could test I'd it probably... and bring it back to you also. If, if you want to, you can. Yeah, I mean, and all my friends still play it, so. <laughs> F122 uh, is coming out. This is EA just bought this franchise. So I'm interested to see how that community receives that. Um, mm. So we'll see. They probably use the money they saved from not paying FIFA to. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to Lootbox <laughs> Central. They did announce this week that EAFC is the next game. It's not going to be FIFA anymore. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I know a ton of people will be excited about that. Again, not my cup of tea. Are either of you Xenoblade? Yeah, I've never played a Xenoblade. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. And then the one I'm excited about is the Saints Row reboot. So they're rebooting the series with a new new characters, new story, um, in the same vein, uh, and starting from scratch essentially with next gen uh, abilities and hardware. So I'm excited for that one because the first two Saint Ro- Saints Row games I loved. I've actually been told that three is the best. Um, so maybe I don't know if they remaster or something. Maybe I'll go back and play it. I don't know. But I've never uh, played Saints Row either. Oh my God, Mike, you'd love Saints Row. It's really? like a really exaggerated version of GTA. Ooh, okay. Yeah, that's what Saints Row is. So it's definitely worth screwing around if you, if, if you can. Um, 100% would, uh, would recommend Saints Row. And I, I'm, I'm going to dive into that one. I just got to be Valhalla. Once I be Valhalla, the door opens up. And I got to, I want to, I know I'm not going to do this, but I would love to play the Arkham games again before Gotham Knight comes out. But that's a whole, which by the way, did you guys see the, uh, yes. the gameplay trailer for that? Yeah. I didn't. It's, so it's it's I sent I linked it to you yesterday or the night before, Mike. It's 13 minutes of gameplay with Nighthawk and okay. uh, Red Hood. Uh, it definitely reminiscent of the Arkham games, but definitely a, a much faster combat system from what I can tell, which makes sense because they're all younger than Batman and not as as tough. Um, people are up in arms about Red Hood, uh, the really like uber annoying nerds. Um, so they made you can you can people. You can do your grapple hook shot like every other Batman game with all the characters, but apparently they each have different ways of traversing the city in addition to that. So they showed Night ha- uh, Nightwings, which was um, he has like this drone that he holds on to and flies across. And then they showed Red Hoods and he uses like the Lazarus Pit energy to like jump from point to point. And people were like, why does Red Hood have magical power? I'm like, well, let's level for a second. Homeboy was fucking killed by the Joker and then came back because somebody put him in a green pit of goo that was from ancient Egypt and he was resurrected. I think we can get over the fact that he can jump from building to building using the same energy. Thanks. (laughs) God, I hate nerds sometimes. Um it's like when people like when they when they the the holdo maneuver in episode uh is that eight or nine i don't remember of star wars and they're like scientifically and and with physics that's not possible i'm like yo you talking about the same universe where people have invisible space magic is that the one is that the one we're talking about right now (laughs) no kevin no for those just listening kevin's face it's not allowed they make me irate it's like it's like arguing physics in a world where there's space wizards it's just blows my mind um so uh <laughs> yeah uh in addition to that um uh Clintus, i am i regret to inform you that right before we went live uh bethesda announced that starfield is delayed till 2020 i heard yeah so is that game ever coming out let's let's be real yeah, I mean, it's 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 well, on that same path of Elder. Did you so you guys know about Elder Scrolls Grandma on I think she's on YouTube. No. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, she's yes. like almost 80 and she's yes. like obsessed with Skyrim and she loves the Elder Scrolls games. She literally <laughs> sent a message to Todd Howard at Bethesda like, look, I'm going to die soon. Can you get me Elder Scrolls? Sick? Can you please hurry this up? Because I want to play it before I die. <laughs> Good for her. I you know she's an NPC too, shot. right? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. yeah. She's Skyrim they they made her an NPC in Elder Scrolls. So. Yeah, they have to. I mean, why couldn't you? But yeah, it's just it's always amusing to me that that. But yeah, it's delayed, Clintus. So I'm sorry you won't get to experience Starfield this year. Um, I I am excited for that game. I'm excited to watch someone like you play it. 
Um, did you play Fallout? I know you're not an Elder Scrolls person, but did you play Fallout games? I I played uh, Fallout Four when it first came out, or actually it wasn't first. I I, I watched mm. my friends play it, and I was like, ooh, okay, this looks, looks cool. I like the aesthetic, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like steampunkish, post apocalyptic. But once I got into, I don't know, I got maybe like two or three streams into it, um, the the gunplay was just weird. Like the targeting system and the way that it worked kind of turned me off a little bit. And again, this was years ago where I was still like fps pvp like it, it didn't hold on to me bethesda gets better with combat as their games go along but bethesda games are not known for their combat does that make sense true bethesda are pure they're like bioware used to be back in the day they're really good storytellers really good world builders um and they're very good with characters and people places and things combat as i said it gets better from game to game like the, if you go back to morrowind versus skyrim the combat is like I remember trying to jump on ledges in Morrowind was like a task. And if you pulled out the third person, sometimes your character would be there with their legs in the air, trying to get up on the ledge, like stuck in the corner. So it's, you know, as technology improves, they're able to improve things, but uh, don't go into Starfield. And I'm speaking only as a person that's played other Bethesda games. Don't go into Starfield expecting this like combat rich experience, go into it for the world, the people, the places, the things that you'll see. And I have a feeling you'll enjoy it a lot more because anyone who goes into a Bethesda game expecting like this legendary groundbreaking content when it comes to combat is going to be sorely nope. disappointed because that is not nope. their forte. But they're great games. Like Skyrim's one of my favorite games of all time. Um, well, uh, and that's what they're comparing. Like, even the people there, like, the the video. I've been watching a lot of the like the videos with the development team. Is like it's Skyrim in space, and they're they're going deeper with the player progression and the, and the factions yep. and stuff like that that they didn't they weren't able to do in their previous games. And, and like I said, I, I've, I've definitely in the last couple of years evolved as, as a gamer. Like I'm enjoying survival games and, 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 buying, uh, and um, enjoying like slower gameplay. You know, like I said, really enjoying uh, No Man's Sky, even though there's really, I feel like it's just an open world. You can kind of do whatever you want when, and there's no real objective. Like there's missions and there's a story to kind of follow. But at the end of the day, I'm like, what's the end game? And everyone's like, gather money to buy better ships and have a fleet of ships and just be able to do whatever you want whenever you want. And so, like the single-player RPG, even though it's always been a thing that kind of turned me off, I'm like, "Where's the players? Where's the, where's the where's the PvP? Where's the co-op?" I'm definitely more like, "Okay, I'm looking forward to this." Because I loved Cyberpunk. I really did enjoy Cyberpunk, yeah. and I really didn't have that many bugs and issues. I mean, of course, there were some visual bugs and some weird stuff, but like, always I could be. that's easy for me to like just forget about, like overlook. I love the aesthetic of Cyberpunk, and it was one of the first games. I know Fallout had this, and I did do this a little bit. I just never played all the way through. Cyberpunk was one of the first games that I can remember in, in, in many, many years where I literally listened to every dialogue because I had to choose, you know, A, B, or C. And A, B, or C yeah, it depicted... Affected, it affected everything you did after that. Exactly, is, exactly. That's the Bioware um, and Bethesda magic. And it, it, you'll see that in Starfield and, and Elder Scrolls. Like, you'll make a decision and then... And obviously CD Projekt Red does it good too. You'll make a decision in... in I'm assuming based on Fallout and Elder Scrolls, you'll make a decision and then you'll go to another town like six days later and someone's going to comment on the decision that you made previously and you mm-hmm. completely forgot you made that decision. That's the magic in those games is that, you know, the world is persistent based on what you do. Have you ever played Witcher? Nope. I it, Next lull you have, if you have the time, I highly recommend playing Witcher. It's essentially third person cyberpunk but high fantasy. Well, mm-hmm. I dark dark fantasy, right, Mike? Mm-hmm. Not really high fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, I would play Witcher. Witcher is is a treat and a half. That I've heard, that, yeah, nothing but good things. That became one of my top five games of all time after I finished it. Um, it's just such a and, and and Cyberpunk took the cues from Witcher, which is you know how we we got there. Uh, I need to beat Cyberpunk, but again, I'm still yeah, I'm still holding off for the the No Man's Sky treatment. I'm really waiting for that 2.0 re-release yep. of Cyberpunk, or you know, here's a whole new DLC that just radically changes the game and adds content like. I mean, there's still rumors of an online version, you know, like open world art online version. So we'll see. Uh, Mike, did you know Slipknot is now playable in Smite? What? So Loudwire, this comes from Loudwire. Slipknot are wasting no time diving into their Knotverse, partnering with Titanforge Games to bring the nine as playable characters within the popular Smite multiplayer online battle game. Stop. Yep, there's a trailer for it and everything. The whole did, band is in the game. <laughs> did they just have the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dude. So it's I stopped Slipknot. playing Smite. I love MOBAs, and I liked Smite. I, I enjoyed it, especially, you know, I, I, I didn't mind their market because it's free to play. I didn't mind all the skins, and they were easily attainable, I thought, and... I was okay with all their systems they put in. As soon as they started implementing ads into it, I was like, nope, I'm out. Immediately uninstalled. I'm never going back. I think you need to at least watch this trailer because, like, you know. Oh, I'm absolutely watching the The names of the guys in Slipknot, but, like, you know, the guitar is an axe. Clown is, like, you know, banging drums and making things come. I'm absolutely watching this. This is going to be amazing. So yeah, if you're into Smite and you like metal, uh, <laughs> Slipknot's in the game now, <laughs> which I find very. Smite uh, is trying to be the Fortnite of MOBAs, and I don't know if it's working or if it's backfiring. Because if they keep doing it, then it's working. That's the way I see it. Like you're I not. I mean, if keep they're able these. to spend money like that to get Slipknot in their game, licensing is not cheap. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in their game. It's mm-hmm. not just original stuff that they're doing. They are licensing shit. So, yeah, not cheap. I'm sure they're successful. I'm sure a lot of that advertising is working for them. I just cannot get behind. I can't get behind targeted ads in, in a game, man. I will not support. I don't care if it's free to play or not. I just cannot get behind ads in a game. I don't. Let me think ask that's you something. Good, Let, yeah. This is an interesting question for you then. And Clintus, you can chime in here too. We work with a partner who essentially can take a game engine and um, customize inside of it. So think of a Counter-Strike tournament. Mm-hmm. They'll go in and they'll plaster ads all over the wall. Like from our perspective, you know, the thing that we've spoken to them about is can you put, you know, like the logo of the nonprofit? Can you put QR codes for people to scan if it comes up on the screen, you know, to donate? But obviously, they have a for-profit model that includes mm. um, working with with advertisers. Would that affect your enjoyment of the game if you were playing a game like COD or something and you ran by a wall and there was a Pepsi logo on the wall? To that degree, no. It's it's not a predatory ad that's jumping on my screen, you know, in in between lo- loading into a lobby, right? Okay. As as I'm ready to load into a lobby, before I get in the loading screen, I'm I'm smacked with, you know. I, I don't know, some some bullshit advertisement, like a YouTube ad, right, that yeah. rolls beforehand. One's the, okay. the sports arena model, and the other one's a, a forced you know, TV Correct. kind of idea. Yeah. 
What do you a, what do you if think? If it's a Clint passive, did? if somebody wants to pay to have their logo spray painted on a wall somewhere within the game, that, that it's a passive. It's not affecting my gameplay. It's not some more wait time that I have, and it's not. Um, it's not like a predatory sale, right? It's not gathering my info and kicking out something. It's not collecting all my data right. and saying, "Oh, he's tar- this is a targeted blah 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 th- to this individual." It's, no, no, stop it. I would rather pay you to play your game. I would rather buy the game off yep. of you to not experience that. I will. I would have gladly done that if Smite came out and said, "We have a paid version and a and a free version." The free version does is adless. We don't have any of this shit. Maybe they do. I, I, maybe maybe they did do that. I don't know. Last I heard, though, they were implementing these ads, and it is what it is. I would rather pay. Granted, I would. Uh, yeah, I, I would rather buy the game than have to deal with that personally. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel the same way. Like again, the way you, the way the the first example you put in, where like it's just on the wall. I think that's super cool. I like. I love when games are able to inject and modify things like PUBG did that a while ago with like when they did their first big tournament they put the like logos and the names of the creators that were playing the, in the tournament yep. like my buddy stat was in there so I, I'm running around and I see his he see his logo on the wall and PUBG is like that's awesome I think that's super cool um but yeah kind of like what what, what uh, Mike was saying where if you're loading into a game and all of a sudden you see an actual bona fide ad that you would see on like a Google or um YouTube that's that's weird but I think on the uh, with that being said I'm 100% I'm a, I'm a fan of uh of supporting whoever it is, right? So like I'm obviously being a creator, ad revenue is a big part of my my revenue and my my livelihood. Um you know, I I have Twitch Turbo, so I don't see ads on Twitch, but everybody gets paid. I have YouTube Premium, so I I never see ads on YouTube, but everybody gets paid. Like I'm a I'm a fan of that model. So I'm the mm-hmm. same way. If if they said, "Hey, we have a free version that's ad, you know, ad generated or we have a paid version that's ad free, like mobile games all the time. I'll, you know, I'll play a game a little bit and, uh, you know, if the ads start getting a little annoying because they're excessive. I'll pay the 99 cents, the two ninety nine, whatever it is to get rid of the ads so I can enjoy the game without any interruptions. I'm a hundred percent behind that. And it's also, you're talking now about a model of inconvenience. We're going to inconvenience you to a point. So we're creating a problem that didn't exist before and yeah. we're going to sell you the remedy. Mm-hmm. And yep, so we're going to exactly. create such an inconvenience for you that it's going to benefit you to go ahead and solve the problem by paying us that we've already created on top of the market that's already installed in the game to help support everyone. You know what I mean? I like it's, choice. I, I like choice. Yeah. If they came out and said, hey, we have a $60 version of the game. You get these heroes. Um, and, and you get a couple skins and you get access to the game and then we're going to sell you a season pass and then we're also going to sell you the market with the because they also have a loot box system. So on top of that, you have the loot box system. If I, I would I would pay to have that game and whatever they want to stack on top. OK, that's the way the industry is going. But to have all of that stuff where there is still a pass. They still have a season pass. They still have cosmetics. There's still loot boxes and all these other you have to essentially you don't get every hero so there's heroes that you have to obtain in one way or another and then on top of that we're going to add ads it's just it's like where at where are we drawing the line here i I say that and apparently no one's crossed it because the game is doing fantastic and they are able to pay slipknot to have them in their game so clearly it's working kudos to them it's just not something I want to support, and so I immediately uninstalled the game from, and I had it on PC and Switch, and I just deleted it on both. 
So yeah, I know with sports games for me, one thing I noticed is back in the day, obviously they didn't have licensing for brands and whatnot, or not licensing, I should say. The brands probably wouldn't pay to have their stuff in the game. Now they do, and the authenticity of it actually increases as terrible as that sounds having real brands in these games on like you know when you're playing fifa and the the digital video boards on the top that have those ads in real life you know you play like pes and it's all fake ads if you play uh fifa or eafc now um the ads are real they're for real brands like there's ads for twitch there's ads for um <clears throat> autozone <laughs> you know just this stuff stuff like that so it's it's essentially um, grounded in real life when you bring that stuff in. I just wanted mm, your take yeah. on the differences, but I, I 100% uh, agree with you. Um, this comes from Video Game Chronicle. Nintendo says the transitions to its next console is a major concern. Uh, Nintendo president has said that the company's eventual transition away from Switch to its next hardware platform is a major concern for the company. Yeah. Um, so How could it be possibly as successful? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this. Uh, it's interesting. Speaking during a Japanese investor Q&A this week, uh, Furukawa said the company planned to alleviate the risks of resetting its 100 million plus user base by building long-term relationships with its users, partly via Nintendo accounts and by using its IP outside of gaming. Furukawa was replying to a question about how Nintendo has been able to maintain a strong game release uh, schedule six years into Switch's life cycle. I can't believe Switch has been out for six years. Six years? Wow. Damn. Uh, and what his thoughts were on transitioning to its next hardware platform. In recent history, Nintendo followed up uh, big successes such as Wii and DS with significantly less popular successors, Wii U, 3DS. Uh, and Furukawa said the company was mindful of these experiences. We've already announced a portion of our software roadmap releasing up till next spring, he said. Unlike the past, we continue to have a large variety of games scheduled to be released, even beyond five years of release. This is because the Switch has had such a smooth launch, allowing us to focus all of our development resources on a single platform. However, the question of whether we will be able to uh, just as smoothly transition from the Nintendo Switch to the next generation of hardware is a major concern for us. Based on our experiences and the Wii, DS, and other hardware, it is very clear that one of the major obstacles is how to easily transition from one hardware to the next. So without reading the whole article, you can do it at Video Game Chronicle. We've hit the point where the hardware is good enough that it can last a decade plus where they've depended on these revenues of reselling as hardware every seven years mm. um that you know games now take much longer to make than they did back in the day so you have all of these you know speaking of gotham knights they announced during the announcement that it's not coming out on ps4 and xbox one they're just going to focus on next gen and pc um and that's interesting to me so I think when it comes to hardware and the life cycles we're seeing, you're going to see expanded life cycles, upgraded versions of the hardware. We had the OLED switch come out. Um, you know, there's already talk of a PS5 Pro, even though people can't get their damn hands on a PS5. Um, and I'm sure Xbox will respond. So curious to hear both of your thoughts as we go in. Like, are we going to start to see 10 year life cycles for a console with just enhanced versions of it? Well, the biggest thing... I, uh... I think the, the biggest thing right now is we just need to get away from physical games. If your entire library is digital and, you know, let's say they, they're designed to be played on like, say, 4K, right? 4K is becoming the new standard, the new HD. Then switching hardware shouldn't be as big of a deal because you just re-download your library or, or the games work on um, any console beyond that, you know? 
uh i think that's where the bigger limitation was where it was like okay cool like one of the things they, they advertised with like ps5 and and these these games are these consoles was like oh they're backwards compatible you can play your old games from playstation 4 or uh you know when 4 came out it was like 3 if it's all digital everyone's everything's in the cloud everything's downloadable and it's just about hard drive space then switching consoles isn't as big of a deal that's what the problem though is, is if, if you can't play those old games and the moment you buy a new console all those old games you have to have two consoles now or whatever i think it's always been the big hurdle with new consoles is that that leap of like all your games aren't completely you know you're just getting better graphics right um in, in my opinion i think that's 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 the biggest for in the history of looking back is that's the big jump was like the game stayed at the console level mm. yeah you always saved you, you always saved your consoles right you saved mm -hmm. your ps3 because you had your ps3 games you saved yep. your you know n64 well nintendo's different because they always had weird in like the way that they uh, sold their get everything from mini discs to cartridge to you know, it, what do they have now? Fucking micro USB cards. Cartridges. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're uh, an outlier. Um, I like the idea of expanded lifecycle hardware. Maybe I'm just uh, an outdated shit gamer. <laughs> I don't know why I like. Even to this to this day, I tangibly like to hold my hard case. Whether I whether it's a digital code inside or not, I like having the hard case of the game. I put it on my shelf. I I don't know why. I just I enjoy that. So I like having the physical things. That being said, I'm not much of a console gamer. I have the consoles, minus the current gen. Um but the I like the subscription model. The subscription model seems to be where for gaming hardware? is headed for in hardware? general for xbox for well, xbox the, the game pass is such a stupid good right um, playstation's responding i don't know if you guys got the email but yep. they have three tiers now of membership and mm -hmm. one includes mm -hmm. games um i don't i don't think steam will do it anytime soon but you have origin you have ubisoft you have all of these launchers on pc that do that have a subscription service now and if that is the model going forward that's profitable, that means hardware has to last longer mm -hmm. because the subscription model, which is, Mike, you're not the target customer, but you said a keyword there. You said Game Pass's value is like ridiculous. It, it's value is insane. If you, yeah. present, if you present value like, um, like Game Pass, and don't get me wrong, I do not think Microsoft is, is a good guy Microsoft. It, they're a company and they, you know, it is what it's a corporation it is what it is but this particular product in its current state as it stands right now is such a great value it's silly not to have it right and if playstation could follow suit you could easily justify you know jumping in for a sub the only thing that worries me is uh you know everything is a damn subscription now man everything about my life is a subscription model. Fucking everything. Everything. And it's to a we it's to a point now where we're spending so much cuz it's everything's got its own. You can't just go and subscribe to, you know, Verizon TV subscription and get all the stuff where you used to just you do that with your cable bill, right? And it was mm -hmm. a package. 
Now it's like, oh no, you want Paramount shit? Well, Paramount owns this and this and this. They're the parent company, so nope, you got to spend ten bucks here, and you there's shit Netflix this and that, and HBO Max, and if you watch this show that used to be on cable, you got to subscribe to this network, and before you know it, I'm 50, 60, 70. uh, Speaking of which, I happened to go through my subscriptions the other day and I just saved myself $90 a month by canceling shit I didn't even watch. $90 that I did not even know was going out the window. Fucking Amazon, man. Why am I subscribed $8 a month to Noggin fucking Junior? I didn't even (laughs) know that was there. Didn't even know I was subscribed to it. $90 a month I saved because I looked into where these places were automatically signing me up and hitting my card. It's the, the subscription model is getting fucking out of hand. That Quick. I can tell you how that happened. It, either Allie or Grayson was watching Watch something. one show. They went on Prime and they hit the button because they don't. All they ask you for is your code, like your parental code. So if you click it and it's a buy show, it automatically subscribes you. We went through this with stars. Dude, uh, Danielle it, wanted to watch something on stars. And then all of a sudden they're paying us five bucks a month for stars. It's everything. Dude, if, if I want access to a website, $10 a month subscription model. Yep. It, 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 it's getting out of hand society wise. For gaming, I do think it makes sense because there's so much in the world of gaming and it's, it's it, it, you know, console fan wars right console wars it, it's always been there and this i think kind of follows suit so i can see it it's a great value on one end i haven't really looked in the playstations but microsoft is doing a great job of getting their third-party studio games in front of people through the subscription service which means in a lot of cases people are going to buy skins dlc add-on all the stuff that you don't get with game pass like when you get destiny on game pass you do 10 missions and then it's like Buy the buy the season pass or else you can't do shit. Um, so there's a lot of games like that. But then it's mixed in with those single player RPG experiences and whatnot that you can just pop in, it's covered under your account, and you're good to go and you're you can enjoy it. So it is a good mix. I agree with you. I think it's um, you know, uh uh, uh the the way to go and the, the way forward. So um I'm excited about it. Uh um as we see the development of it, I think that your hardware is going to last longer because the last thing, you know, if these subscription service continue, this is just to round this out. Your hardware is going to get to a point where you're going to say, well, I don't need the next gen right away because it still works with what I have, which mm-hmm. is what a lot of people did with PS4 and Xbox yep. one. Yep. Now the new games two or three years later are starting to say like, we're not going to release our game on this. And that's okay because you've had fair warning. It's not like the old days where you either got some crap version of of the game for a previous gen or it just didn't come out for previous gen. We're right. down the road now, thankfully. So we'll we'll see how things develop. But for Nintendo, because it's not based on graphics, it's always based on innovation. It's a different it's a different animal altogether. So I'm interested to see what they do with the Switch. I like my OLED Switch. I know Mike, you have one too. I love my OLED Switch. I'll tell you what. It's easier. For me, mobile gaming is not really an option. I don't like playing on my phone. I, I use it for so many other things. I don't like the gaming on it. But I'll tell you this much. M- mobile gaming to me is my Switch. That's what mobile gaming looks like. And I would buy that. And I said it before. I'll say it again. Uh, I think PSP and PS Vita were ahead of their time. 
they just launched too early. They were ahead of their time, man. If they launched today, it would sell like fucking crazy. I would buy that in a heartbeat. And the Steam Deck, I would buy that. That is mobile gaming to me. And I I would 100% invest in that hardware in a heartbeat. Yeah, I mean, Stadia, if it wasn't completely botched, was a Correct. great idea yep. with horrendous yep. execution. So, yep. um, I mean, it, it, it works. All right, before we get out of here, they did release the trailer for Love, Death, and Robots, which ironically was like how we kicked, re-kicked things off. So uh, the trailer is out for season three. They literally go through every episode and show you the theme. Lots of familiar animation from the previous two seasons. Lots of interesting stuff. The three robots are back from the first episode. <laughs> yeah, Favorites, fan favorites. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. But um, uh, May 20th, which is two weeks from now. So on next Friday, it's going to come out. So that week of the 23rd is when we are going to cover it uh, on, on Old Fashioned. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll blow through that. But the trailer is out. If you want to go check it out, follow along. Next Friday, it releases. So I'll probably pound through it that weekend. And then we'll, uh, we'll all uh, have a little roundtable discussion about what we thought. But it looks... It looks like new, fresh, and cool, but it also looks familiar at the same time. Right. Um, just because it does seem to be the the same uh, animators. Also, this golden like lady with the jewels with the conquistador people looks freaky as fuck. <laughs> I can't wait. I know you're so excited. I can tell. <laughs> I can tell. Thank you so much for listening to episode 32 of the Old Fashioned Podcast. Ironically, once again, we did not get to all the topics we wanted to discuss. Let today me let me hit the just... super speed news though, because it's really funny and Mike really wanted it last week. Um, okay. Antarctica's Penguin Post Office is actually hiring. It's a remote post office in Antarctica. It literally, it's sorting mail, selling postage stamps, and counting penguins. So if that sounds like it's a fun job for you, go apply. And if you get the job, please add us on Twitter because that'd be hilarious. Otherwise, you know, and, and then there's also a Texas district uh, with a graduating class featuring 35 pairs of twins and one set of triplets. So we don't know how that happened either. It, it's a great hey, what time. Are you, what are you drinking down there? It, yeah, it's Texas. So anyway, outside of that, Kevin, keep going and finish wrapping up. No, that was, that was Texas. That's, yeah, I mean, Texas. I solved the mystery for you. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> but thank you for listening. You can check out at Clintus everywhere on everywhere. That's what he is. Just type it in. It'll pop up. Make sure you go follow him and sub to him on Twitch. And Mike, uh, you could just type Mike into Google and see if you can find him. How's that sound? <laughs> I like that. You see if you can find Mike by typing Mike into Google. And if you can, sick. Uh, and me, everything I do is rare drops. Go over to raredrop.co, click around. You can listen to old episodes, old fashioned, new episodes of comics, Star Wars and Scotch, Bromance Show, whatever you're into, we got it. Uh, raredrop.co. We'll see you next week for episode 33 of the old fashioned podcast. But until then, we need like a sign off, Mike. And I cheers. feel like it's all you want to like cheers. You want cheers? I was going to well, do stay gold pony boy. How's that sound? Ooh, a little outsiders. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, at least for this week, that's the sign off. It'll change next week. But <laughs> stay gold pony boy.